Welcome to part two of our MCU discussion. Uh, you know, we talked a lot for the last time, but we kind of ran out of time. So, you know, and we only got through like, you know, a, a fraction of everything we wanted to say. So this will be part two of, I don't know how many episodes it's going to be. I mean, I guess as long as it needs, right? Yeah, I, mean, I think this episode we're planning on like plotting out all of the movies of phase four in the direction we're going to go in phase five, this universe. So that, that'll that'll take up some time. Uh, <laughs> okay, obviously I'm joking. <laughs> um, Dear God, I never want to talk about it again. I know, I'm I'm so done. But I do just want to say this one thing, because last time this is I feel I feel like I feel like I put a curse on the world. Do you know what I mean? I do. I do know what you mean. Because last episode we talked about the MCU and and I said, boy, it's really it's amazing no one died while making the <laughs> while making these movies that we made it so far and none of the major actors. And then I think it was less than a week from the time we yeah. recorded the episode that I think you're right. Yeah, because I think we recorded on a Saturday and it was the following Friday that was announced that. Chadwick Boseman died, and uh, the the shocking thing to me was that not not only did he have cancer for four years, but that no one knew about it. Like that's crazy to me. Like Kevin Feige found out an hour before he died that he had cancer. Really? Yeah. Oh, I I I assumed he would have at least known. Wow. You would have assumed that everyone knew, because uh, but. Yeah, no, like, they had, like, sent him an email, like, an hour before he died that, like, hey, Kevin, so, just so you know, uh, actually, Chadwick's had cancer for, like, four years, and he's actually kind of not doing so hot right now, and then, like, an hour later, he passed. Wow. Yeah, pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess I wouldn't know what to do in that situation as a, especially as a celebrity, if you want to keep something like that private or not. I it's kind of amazing. at all. He was able to keep it that quiet yeah yeah i mean and then you saw all the there were lots of posts people were digging up later about people were noticing that he had gotten really thin over the last year or so people noticed that he was thin people had dug up old um interviews with people you know the interviewer says like oh so it's been a crazy year right and he's like you have no idea like (laughs) yeah yeah you know or there's that video that was going around of like him talking about letters he got from like children with cancer and like he starts crying because he has it at the time but he can't tell anybody yeah just just kind of kind of sad kind of a little bit sad just a little bit no it's 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 devastating it's heartbreaking i think i was like what 43 or something yeah yeah so yeah i don't i don't think i've had a i think the last celebrity death that hit me that hard or made me that sad was tom petty a few years ago really yeah um but yes as soon as as soon as i found out that chadwick had passed away it was like first of all like there's no way and second of all like what what did he was it a drug overdose or something did he did was he murdered i have no idea like cancer was the last thing you would have expected from someone who seemed to be in such great physical form like he was right and then it was just morning after that going going through and seeing everything on Twitter, people celebrating all of his former co-stars, celebrating his life and legacy. It's just heartbreaking. Yeah, I, I don't even feel like I have that much to say other than um, 
it's a bummer. Did you see? I think I think I I think I have this right. That he you know he was dating someone for the last couple of years or something, and like shortly before he died, they like got married in in secret. Oh, I think I did hear about that. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, like even like a week before he died, he he was thinking like I think I'm gonna beat this. I think I got this. I think I, I think I'm gonna beat this. And then wow. it just took a turn for the worse. Yeah. Yeah, cancer's cancer's a bitch, man. It's a terrible thing. Yeah, and you know, um, it, you know, it's it's uh, September. September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. You know, hmm. so every every month I or every every September I throw a couple bucks to uh to St. Jude because like obviously they do, you know, stuff for you know children with cancer. You know, they make sure that you know if if your kid is has cancer and they're treated at St. Jude, the, the, the parents never see a bill. Right, they just the Saint Jude just pays it, you know, which in America is amazing, right? Um, but it's also like a research hospital, so like they're also like constantly developing things to, you know, improve the chances of any, anyone who has cancer. So you know, it's not they don't, it's not like they develop new technologies or something and then only use it for children. Like you know, it, it is it is still a research hospital. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I just I don't know. I just hope. Eventually, one day, <laughs> yeah. cancer is like, yeah, oh, you take a pill, you're fine. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? No, oh, it's Wouldn't just cancer. Here, take a couple of pills. It's like having a headache. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so that's the uh, that's the depressing bummer start to this episode. <laughs> Where do we go from here? Where do we go now? Do you know that song? I've heard that one. Yeah, I heard that on. Um, um, was it Mr. Deeds? And uh, was that where Cheryl Crow did a did a version of of that song and and the, the Mr. Deeds movie? Do I have that right? I have no idea. And um, is, that, is that on Guitar Hero? Uh, I think I think it's. Let's see, Cheryl Crow, sweet <laughs> child of mine. Yeah. So she did the, she did this song, and um, then later someone was like, "Hey, you should listen to this album called Appetite for Destruction." And I was like, "Whoa! Guns N' Roses did a cover of that Sheryl Crow song." I I never knew there was a Sheryl Crow version. <laughs> I've, I've never heard of this. All right. Well, I thought I was doing. I thought I was being funny because obviously I didn't actually think it was a Sheryl Crow song. I know. I know. I, I just googled it, and Sheryl Crow. Comes Big Daddy. Up. That's the movie. Big Daddy. Sorry. Oh, not Big Mr. Daddy. Deeds. It's a great movie. <laughs> yeah, that is a great movie. I don't actually remember. I was just kind of saying that because I wasn't really paying attention. It's good. You should check it out. It's probably no. a blank check on it. No, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, that, all right. So that's Chadwick Boseman. What's next on our list? We got we got a f- few different Minai topics we can go through here. Yeah, I think we're I think we're oops all minis this episode. Yeah, probably. Oops all minis. <laughs> you want to hear about my iPad? Did you get an iPad? I got an iPad. Oh, all right. Duga, 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 duga. Follow up. iPad. Matt's iPad. What kind of yeah, iPad did you get? This is like probably two months follow up. Month, month and a half maybe. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Um, so I bought an iPad. Well, I was gifted an iPad actually as a birthday present. Oh, very uh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So but I, I got to I got to spec it out and everything, which wasn't too much decision making there. I got the... Just regular iPad, no iPad Pro, no iPad Air or anything like that. What color? And, uh, space gray. And then storage? 
storage, I got what you got, which is what what are the two storage options? Thirty two and one twenty eight. Yeah, I did I went for the one twenty eight. Good for you. And then did you get Wi Fi or Wi Fi and cellular? Just Wi Fi. I don't I don't think I need cellular. So we have thing. the exact same iPad. <laughs> yep. The one the one thing I was gonna ask you when I was buying it, but I just decided on my own, was did you get an engraving on it? No. Yeah, I I thought <laughs> to get an engraving just because it sounds sort of cool. And then I thought a little bit about it, and I was like, eh, it's sort of really sleek looking without it. That's kind of how I feel, too. It didn't seem necessary. Yeah, I kind of feel like it's not necessary. It looks looks nice. It looks fine the way it is. Um, And uh, I've also never done it before, so part of me is like, well, what if it looks bad? I mean, I'm sure it wouldn't, but like, then the other thing is like, what would I have it say? Like, what? Exactly. I was thinking about just putting my name and phone number on it. Maybe I don't know what that would do. Like if it, I was just thinking if it gets lost or something. Oh, that's nice. That's not a privacy concern at all. That way you no, lose it somewhere, not. and some rando has your phone number forever. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> it's crazy that anyone can just call me. <laughs> oh, it's shocking. Honestly, it's so weird. I don't, I don't know how we live in this world. All right, so what so what do you think of it? Do you like it? Thoughts? I want to know everything because yeah, you know uh, I'm Apple boy. I'm I'm liking it so far. I mean, you know, you know the the main reason I bought this for was to play the piano, mm-hmm. and I was interested to see what other uses I find for it um, and other things I notice. Um, so I think the biggest thing that jumped out to me immediately was that this is going to be like my new YouTube device or at least one of my YouTube devices for the most part. Um, because I, I, there, there are some YouTube channels where I like to watch their videos sped up just because it's not, it doesn't really matter as far as the content goes, how fast I'm listening or watching, uh, like news, news, YouTube channel, stuff like that. And so I like can't the do the Franco show like that one. And so I can't speed up a video on my Chromecast, which is how I normally watch youtube mm-hmm. but i can do it on an ipad which is great and because before the ipad i was just watching philip defranco on my phone most of the time <laughs> like yeah, kind of up, a small which, screen for yeah, yeah. i mean I, I don't really mind because i'm mostly just listening to that show rather mm-hmm. than just not much to see but i am thankful to have the ipad now it's just something i just prefer holding it and looking at that than holding my tiny phone in my hands watching that show so I'm excited about that. Yeah, that's good. What else did I notice? Uh, I, I can't believe how great the battery life is on this thing. Really? Yeah. Wow. That, that's. I mean, I, I haven't been using it a ton, so it's not like I'm expecting to charge it up constantly or anything, but it's like I, the the way I'm using it, I can go like a week easy without plugging this in. Yeah, I can go. I can go at least a couple of days, at least a few, probably two or three days. I can go without plugging it yeah. in. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, I think it's like ten or twelve hours, and like because it's not like your main device, like a phone, like that lasts a pretty long time. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm liking that a lot. What else? What else? Oh, I can't I can't believe how lightweight this thing is too. It is. I, it feels like my phone is almost heavier sometimes. Honestly. <laughs> wow. So you're really liking it. Yeah, yeah, I am. Um, I th- I think it's a little bit too lightweight. Like it feels too flimsy, almost holding it in my hands, carrying it around. Okay, that's why I th- I, th- I think I need to get a case for it. I think that'll pretty much solve that problem. So you have no case. You don't even have like the smart cover. 
No, okay. no, I, I, I'll need to get something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was, I was thinking, I, I need to get a, a case where that I can use to prop it up, like on its side, because um, mm-hmm. I can't, you can't really lean the iPad against anything. Like if I'm eating dinner, I want to like set up the iPad and lean it on something so I can watch YouTube videos, but it pretty much just falls straight down. So I haven't been doing that. I need, I need like a stand for it that comes with the case. Yeah, because I I just have the um, the basic Apple Smart Cover that just covers the screen, and then it kind of folds into a triangle, and you can kind of prop it up on like in landscape mode. Yeah, yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. um, that's that's usually enough for me to just like have it on my desk, you know, and like have some like a video playing or something like like you said like YouTube or something. Um, and then sometimes I just like I just pull it off entirely. And just like just hold it in my hand, like if I'm reading a comic book or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and then and then it's also nice because like then I could take the case and fold it all the way back and not have the triangle and just have it folded back completely. And I could like set it on something and not worry about the back being scratched. The main reason I got a ca- I got anything to cover it up is I worry about it being scratched. You know, I don't really worry right. about dropping it. I worry about the screen or the back scratching. Mm-hmm. So like when I set it down, I always set it down on on a table, like with the case touching the table you know what i mean um because i don't want to scratch yeah. anything that's the main reason i have a case on it and prop it up on you know uh once in a while for videos and stuff right, right. but can you prop it up like on your on your keyboard doesn't it have like a thing where you would normally put sheet music you can prop it up on there oh yeah well, it, it sits fine right there there you go yeah yeah which is super nice so do you want a case that like goes wraps all the way around or you don't um, know you have no idea I, I, I mean, I think I just need a case for the front, really. Yeah, that's that's why I got the smart cover. And again, like, as, is, like is that what that is? Yeah, it, it just covers the screen. Okay. Yeah, I, th- I think that's all I need. Yeah. I mean, maybe you could get a if you don't want to spend, you know, Apple prices on that. <laughs> I I understand, but that's what I got. I mean, I I would like to have a a case for it, like to pack it in. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I would use that regularly because I was I I was I was uh traveling with it and i just put it in my my normal macbook uh laptop case yeah which is fine it gets the job done yeah but i'd like to have something its size to use yeah that's that's what i do too i'll usually put like a i put i'll put it in with my laptop with like the case between the ipad and the laptop so nothing Smart. is rubbing against yeah 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 that's what i would be worried about mm-hmm. what else what else uh i i could i haven't done this yet but i'm i could see myself using this to cook with like if i if i had a if i was looking up certain recipes it'd be nice to just have it propped up in the kitchen like away from away from the sink and the stove and everything but just just so i can go and take a look at it and see like what what's the next step in this recipe and that sort of thing yeah so i'm excited about that I, see, it's I spend... kind of useful to have a screen that you can just kind of carry a screen bigger than your phone that you can just kind of carry around and put places yeah yeah yeah, and I I think uh, I'm only going to continue to find more uses, but I also don't think this is something I'm going to be using constantly, which is sort of what I wanted. So how long would you say you have, you've had it? A month, maybe? Cause you... um, yeah, about a little less than a month, I think. Okay, and you already feel like you're finding uses for it that you maybe didn't expect. Right, right. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I spent I spent a lot of time this weekend like getting my apps all in order and sorting out. All that stuff because it, it downloads everything that's on your phone, all the apps. And so I went through that and organized them into folders and deleted a bunch of apps that I didn't need on the iPad, stuff like that. 
I, I know there's like tons of shortcuts and stuff to use on the iPad that I'm looking forward to learning about as well. So here's my question. Do you have, you talk about app organization. Do you mm-hmm. have different apps uh, organized? Do you have your apps organized differently on your iPad versus your iPhone? Uh, not like, really. I know I have different stuff in the dock. Oh, th- I think the dock is mostly the same, honestly, but I haven't, I haven't, I, th- I think I just need to use it more to learn what needs to be in the dock and what needs to be in folders and vice versa. Yeah, because I have I have things like um, messages is not in my dock on my phone, but it's in my dock on my iPad. Hmm. And I when I first did that, I thought, oh, I can use this to do like to quickly take the to do the multitasking thing, where you like take an app out of your dock and throw it up, and it just kind of hovers on the side over the whatever app you're in already. I thought I would do that more, but I haven't been. I kind of have issues with the way iOS does multitasking on the iPad. I think it's a little complicated sometimes. Hmm. So I kind of hope they revamp that. Because the, the, there have been a few times where I do get like two or three apps going at once all on my iPad screen. And it is it is kind of nice to be able to you know do something in one app but then also see like a text message thread or just even just see like twitter on the side you know right but i'm also not like an ipad power user to where i think i need that stuff too much so i'm still mostly using like one app at a time yeah i don't even know how to do that yet i'm still scratching the surface on its capabilities well that's the other thing is that it's a little weird and confusing you have to be like in an app and then like go to and then pull up your dock but don't pull your finger all the way up because then you'll go home so you just have to pull your finger up from the bottom a little bit to pull up the dock then you hover you hold down one of the apps and hover over it and it and then it you pull the app out of the dock while you're still in an app, and then it will take that app, and you can it'll like hover over the other one, and, or you can do like a split screen thing. See, this is what I'm saying. Like the the that sounds really annoying. That's see, this is what I'm saying. Like it's kind of it's kind of a little bit complicated, and so I'm kind of hoping they they tweak that a little bit. They didn't they didn't I don't think they really tweaked it for iOS 14. I'm hoping next year they they tweak it, but mm, yeah. Anyway, that's that. That's a nitpick. But yeah, I know. I'm glad. I'm glad you're enjoying it so far. Yeah, and as far as far as piano apps go, I just I googled like best piano apps for iPad, and there's first thing that came up was like 15 best piano apps for iPad, and I I went through and I just read the description for most of them and downloaded them if it sounded like it might be a fit. And so there's there's a lot of good options, <laughs> but what I I should have expected really wasn't thinking too hard on it, but so many of these apps are like, oh, this is great. You're learning to play. Like, here's some, here's some like easy sheet music. And now there's a paywall. Like, anything else you want to learn, you have to pay for. You have to get our premium feature. I'm like, oh, God. So I'm, I'm still, I'm still going through all these apps trying to figure out which ones I don't have to pay a ton for the content and which ones have the best content. Well, because the other thing is you already know how to play. You right. right. You just want to get better, or you really you just want to be able to like download the sheet music for a song and then just play that one song over and over again until you've like mastered it, right? Well, I I do already have an app for that. Like I was doing research on that, and it seemed pretty clear cut and dry. Like this is the app for buying sheet music and just using it, and I, I do like that app. Okay, it's, you you can you can play the. You can play the song all the way through, um, or you can just highlight a few measures of a song and say, hey, just play this. Like, I'm just trying to learn these couple measures that are giving me trouble. Like, I just want to hear that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a nice feature. And I could see myself getting the Apple Pencil, or at least having a need for it, because in this app, you can write on the sheet music as well. Mm -hmm. 
which would be really nice, like right out the beats and everything. Mm-hmm. So that app is is a winner. Um, and what what's the name of this? Really app? happy with that. I think I think it's just called Music Notes. Music Notes. Okay. Yeah. But then you're also looking for an app that teaches you how to play. I I'm just trying to figure out what all these different apps can do. Like, because there there were okay. some apps I was really that sounded really cool that teach you like music theory, which is stuff that I'm interested in learning about. And it, there's apps that are like, here's this app is going to help you tr- help train your ear. And it'll, it'll like start playing. It'll just start playing music and you have to like match it up on your keyboard and see if you can get it right. So like stuff like that to learn music theory does really interest me. Cause I think that would help me a lot in just making regular playing. Uh, I, I think it, I think it would help me learn faster when I'm reading sheet music so uh, there's there's like a lot of games too. Like I think there's apps where you you and another friend can compete on mastering sheet music or something like that. Hmm. So there's a lot of cool ways to use these apps. I'm just trying to figure out what's going to be right for me. Right. So you don't even necessarily have like one particular goal in mind. It's more like you're seeing what's out there. Right. Right. Okay. And there there's some apps that are like really cool, but I instantly hit a paywall after after going through it a little bit. Right. And it and it's like it doesn't seem like it's cool enough to where you're gonna pay for it, maybe. <laughs> yeah, like there might be cool stuff behind there. It's like some of these are like twenty bucks a month subscriptions. It's a little pricey. Yeah, it's pretty pricey, I think. I'm seeing on, on musicnotes.com they just added Ice Cream by Blackpink and Selena Gomez. Oh, I love that song. So you might want to check that out. Doesn't sound like a great piano song. <laughs> yeah, I can can't imagine it is. But they also have Dynamite by BTS, so mm, well there you go. The number one top song is Hallelujah by Leonard Cohen. That's that's hilarious. Because of course it is. The first song that I bought was the theme to Jurassic Park. That's a really good theme. You know I just watched that movie for the first time recently. I know, I know. I'm so excited for you. Yeah, it's, it's almost sequels it's almost are like... all phenomenal. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm gonna watch this. Yeah, I probably will. I'll probably get sucked into it. You don't have to. They're not that worth it. <laughs> Only one of them is decent. The rest suck. Which one is that? The first Jurassic World. Jurassic World is decent. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, even it's all right. Even the earlier two, no good. I mean, they're probably good popcorn flicks, but. Probably not good movies. I've popcorn seen flicks. Long is that time. a term you use often? Popcorn flick? Not really. Hmm. It's a term people use. People say that, right? <laughs> people are saying. Everyone is saying. Is this anything? Is this anything? All right. Well, good. I'm happy for you. I'm happy you're, uh, you know, playing with your new iPad. I'm happy you enjoy it. I'm glad I didn't steer you in the wrong direction. Yeah. No. It seems. It seems like it's going to be a winner. It's it's only I think I'm only gonna I'm only gonna continue to like it. I I, I haven't even really traveled with it because there's not many places to travel. Yeah, where are you going? On 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 a on a plane or something. I could see this really coming in handy. Oh yeah, yeah. When I when I was on a plane, uh, it's it's crazy to think I've been on four flights in the year 2020. Like it, it just feels like oh yeah, things didn't go to hell until a couple months into the year. I don't know. It's just weird for me to think about that. But yes, on the on right. the couple flights that I was on, it was nice to have my my iPad. And um, yeah, and and I think rec- I think I mentioned this, but I also recently kind of got into reading comic books, mm-hmm. which is so nice to do on an iPad. 
because yeah, I can just like, like buy it instantly, have it, download, boom. You know, it's nice. So I've been I've been paying for I'm a, I'm like a month into Marvel Unlimited, which is their like comic book streaming service type thing. Oh, cool. How is that? It's pretty good. Um, I have I have a lot of issues with the UI and the navigation of the app. But it is nice that like basically every Marvel comic that's ever been that it's ever existed is in the app. Mm-hmm. It's just very frustrating to me that like normally like you know comics are released in issues, right? Like you know twenty yeah. pages a month or whatever, right? And then after like six issues, they bundle it up into like a like a trade paperback, like a, like a volume, like a volume one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But the Marvel Unlimited app doesn't do that, so it like. So like like I was like okay I want to read the Matt Fraction Hawkeye run because I've heard it's like amazing, right? And his run on Hawkeye is like it's like, it's like twenty two issues. So and and but like they, there's no way to be like okay I just want like volume one two three and four and five of no I can't even do like just give me the one Matt Fraction storyline I can't do that I have to like go to each issue one by one and hit like save to library next issue oh my save god to, and it's like I gotta do that you're asking me to do this like 22 times for one storyline very frustrating but I mean like once you're in, like once you're actually reading it like the experience actually reading it is fine but it is very frustrating to, to navigate the app I don't know that seems like a no-brainer honestly to implement <laughs> Right, like, why not, like, I don't, it's just, it's, it's it's very odd, like, it, like, but then, like, because, like, I, I think I prefer Comixology, because it's, like, it's just, like, easier, I can just buy, like, a volume of, you know, someone's sto- storyline, and then the Comixology app is really nice, but, of course, because of, like, Apple's rules, like, you can't buy comics from Comixology in the app, you have to, like, mm-hmm. leave the app and go to the website and then buy it. It's just oh, like, God. it's like either way, it's a pain in the ass. You know what I mean? Right, right. Sorry, that was kind of a digression. Oh, no, it's all right. I I tried getting into comics a f- few years ago when I really started to get into the Marvel movies and stuff. It's like, I don't I don't even know where to begin. I, I was going to the, the comic book store and asking the employees that work there, like, so I'm I'm completely new to this. Where do, where do I get started? It's like, well, you get started, like, uh, wherever, wherever piques your interest, like, and there's like... 10,000 comic books in this store. I was like, can you just tell me where to start? Like, <laughs> tell me to buy this and I'll get it started and I'll start reading comics like that. Like, I have no idea where to choose or what to choose from this massive volume here. Yeah, that's that's the same issue I kind of ran into. So what I did is I just kind of, um, you know, because I spent so much time like prepping for our MCU episode, listening to other people give their takes on just Marvel and comic book movies in general, I ended up kind of accidentally absorbing a lot of, like, people saying, oh, remember this comic book run? This was really good. And I kind of picked up a few things along there. And I've always heard people talk about, like, like the certain things like The Vision by uh, Tom King, Matt Fraction doing Hawkeye. Like, a couple of these things I just kind of picked up through osmosis over the last couple of years. Like, I would, I, like if, you, if you want to try it again, I would say start with them as some of those. I know you like Hawkeye a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, the, and, and, um, one of the reasons I checked it out too, is not just that I heard so much about it is that, but it's also, um, the logo that 
uh, for the Matt Fraction Hawkeye run that he did is the same logo they're using for the Hawkeye TV series. Oh, and that's Matt, exciting. Matt Fraction's Hawkeye has Kate Bishop in it. They've already said the TV show is going to have Kate Bishop in it. Yeah. So I was, I was, I was kind of like, well, I've heard so much about this about this run of Hawkeye, and also I'm kind of interested to see like what is the show going to be referencing possibly. Mm-hmm. Although the comic is kind of different from the MCU Hawkeye, because like in the comic he's like a bachelor who like lives alone, and you know. So whereas in the MCU, obviously he like has a family and kids. So it'll be interesting to see how they kind of change it. But I don't know. Part of part of my interest in in you know comic books, especially like the Marvel stuff, is like I'm I'm not inter- I'm not interested in reading Iron Man or Captain America. I feel like I've seen those stories already play out on the screen. I'm interested in other things. So, like, I read I read that Vision comic. I read Hawkeye. I read um, Jonathan Hickman just did it, like, a full, basically, like, a full reboot of the X-Men. Hmm. Uh, and it, it, it's, like, and before he did, like, the full reboot, like, the new X-Men Volume 1 or whatever it's called, Volume 5, I think, is the new one. Um, but he did, like, almost like a prequel series called House of X and Powers of... 10 is how you're supposed to say it but it's an x because it's x-men and like it's a whole new take on x-men like normally the x-men are like we want to live in harmony with the humans why don't you guys like us you know what i mean but right this one is like it's it the x-men are basically like you know what you guys you humans are being assholes to us mutants we're gonna go make our own country on our own island please don't bother us and so it's like kind of a totally different take on x-men and and that that those two comic books back and forth like uh serve as like a prequel to his new setup of x-men which i haven't started yet but it's just like this is already really interesting and really different and yeah, also that does sound cool also maybe the way that the mcu could use the x-men in a way that's different from the fox movies right you yeah they gotta I mean? do something different <laughs> yeah exactly maybe, maybe they'll riff on on what jonathan hickman had set up um in this so i don't know it, it that's kind of what got me interested is like i'm a little bit burnt out on the mcu movies because i feel like they told their story already they finished their they finished the big story they were telling with endgame so i'm not super interested in this corner of marvel anymore but what are some other things and that kind of led me down comic books so yeah yeah i don't know those hmm. are a few i would i would say check out because those are the few that i kind of picked up on and thought they were really good so that's cool yeah i also started a, a miss marvel comic because like i'm interested in her as a character and i know she's getting a tv show soon so yeah i, I think I, I bought a spider-man comic book a few years ago i remember liking that that was fun but i never i never got more into it than that see that's another one where i feel like there's so many spider-man and we're already getting so many spider-man like on screen or right. in video games, where it's like, I think I'm good with Spider-Man stories. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think uh, like Vision, Doctor Strange, Scarlet Witch, those would all be cool ones to read comics on. Yeah, probably. I've heard the um, is it the House of M? Is that one of the big storylines in the comics with that has something to do with X-Men and, and Scarlet Witch and everything? Hmm, I think that's a maybe. big. I I don't know because I I, go, I remember going down Wikipedia rabbit holes of like trying to fill in a little bit of backstory of like what's happened in the marvel comics universe like what's going on in earth 616 and like house of m would keep popping up and i'm like what is what is this storyline it's like scarlet witch goes crazy and let's see house of m wikipedia 2005 comic book storyline oh brian michael bendis of course um 
I can't believe we're accidentally doing a second Marvel episode. Shut up. Um, oh, yeah, this is... Okay. The superhero Scarlet Witch suffered a mental breakdown and tried to alter the fabric of reality to recreate her lost children. Hmm. Scarlet Witch's father, Magneto, and her twin brother, Quicksilver, played the major roles in the series. Yeah, so, you know... House of M replaced the Earth 616 as the main reality for a brief time until Scarlet Witch reverts to normal. <laughs> See, that's like that a wild, wild thing. Yeah. I can't wait for WandaVision. I would love for WandaVision to do something like the House of M. Yeah, yeah. And they said House great. of they said WandaVision is going to tie into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and if it's multiverse, like, what if they're doing something like that? I don't know. This could be cool. Anyway. Could be. Yeah, so anyway, that's that's comic books. <laughs> we it, this is this is a different Marvel episode we're doing accidentally because <laughs> right. the last one was about the movies. Now we're talking about the comic books. Yeah, now it's just Marvel. Last last week was MCU proper. You like how I started the episode with a joke about how we're not going to talk about Marvel anymore and then we we and did it again. Here we are. Yeah, because it keeps it keeps happening. You know what we should do? We should have a bell every time we bring up the Marvel movies. <laughs> I think it needs to be like an air horn or something so we stop. <laughs> something really loud and annoying. Oh, yeah. It's like that Marvel movie where... Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> next topic. Um. Okay, but seriously, next topic. All right. I've got... We got we got three more minis oh, here. Oh, what is this? You put guitar in here? Do you want to do that one? Yeah, it should be quick. I just I just wanted to mention it. Why? What? Um, I th- you, what? What is this? You only know how to play piano. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm, I'm att- attempting to learn a second instrument. Oh, so, you. so a, f- a friend of mine, same same person who helped me buy this keyboard, he he owns a ton of guitars, and I don't know how we came upon this one, but it was like pretty damaged guitar, not in good shape at all. And he's like, "Hey, if you're ever interested in learning how to play guitar, I've got one here." It's not going to take me that much time, energy, or money. I can fix it up for you if you're interested. And I was like, well, I mean, I'm trying to learn piano right now, but may- maybe eventually that would be cool. So, yeah, I'd, I'd love to have it if you don't mind. He's like, he, he, has a, he has a guitar stand and an amp for me as well. Wow, what a nice guy. Yeah, so so he fixed it up for me, and I just got it, and I have it here now. And he gave me, like, a couple YouTube videos to get me started, and, yeah, it's been it's been pretty fun i'm doing like the simplest things you could imagine so far the first couple days playing it but i'm pretty excited i think i think learning guitar also has me more excited to like revisit the keyboard and start playing that again some more so and so guitar is one that you don't have any prior experience with correct yeah no never okay so you know kind of the opposite of me whereas I took guitar lessons like I don't know, middle school, high school, or something, mm-hmm. for a little while, and I've I've always kind of just dabbled with it. I'm not good, but I can, you know, play a handful of chords, and you know, I just kind of have fun with it. Um, right. But you have like you're coming to it like with nothing because you were always a piano man. Yeah, yeah. Sing us a song. I, uh, you know, you should sing us a song. Um, yeah, that's pretty cool. So, are you like learning just like basic chords? Yeah, yeah, but. Pretty much all it is so far is uh, there was one video that was teaching me like all the different parts of a guitar, how to tune a guitar, stuff like that. And then the next videos are like, here's how to play like the simplest riffs you can imagine. Here's the basics to a couple power chords. So it's all did, pretty cool stuff. Did you post a photo of this on social media somewhere? Yeah, I did. It's it's, it's an electric guitar, right? You said amp. Yeah, it's a Gibson. A Gibson, nice. Yeah, fancy I'm, person. I'm, 
I guess so. I don't know much about it, but <laughs> I, I think that's a popular name. I don't, I don't really either. I just know it's a popular brand. Well, there you go. Yeah, I, I like the color of it too. It's red. It's like a dark red. That's cool. Yeah, so I'll, uh, hopefully in a couple months I'll be learning Wish You Were Here and uh, Free Fallen and Smoke on the Water. I think Wish You Were Here is pretty easy. I think I can play that one. I, I think everyone says it's really easy. <laughs> that's why I said that. Yeah. And Smoke um, on the and Water then, is super easy, right? Yeah, that's the first song everyone learns. There you go. And then give me a few more months. Be playing Wonderwall at parties. Yeah. Yeah. That's as soon as, as soon as we're as soon as we're allowed to have parties again, you'll be you'll be the life of the of that. <laughs> well, I would I would never play Wonderwall in private. <laughs> I I'd, I'd have to interrupt like conversations and ask people if they wanted to hear it. <laughs> yeah, you, the first time you ever play it, it'll be in front of other people. <laughs> You've never played it before, guys. And, you want to hear me the play next Wonderwall chord? for the first time? <laughs> now that's what people should do. That would be way better. That would kind of be I'd, interesting. I'd rather watch someone stumble through Wonderwall than play it. <laughs> that would be funny. What what you should do is just learn Boulevard of Broken Dreams, and then that way you'll be ready to play Wonderwall. <laughs> right, right. Just sing those words. Yeah, because I, I think it's basically the same chords. Maybe slightly different. But I think I remember the guy from Oasis being like, that, that Billy Joe stole my fucking song. And I was like, whatever a better song it is a better song all right so you're gonna you're gonna be a piano man you're gonna be a guitar man yeah soon i'll be playing the drums learning the bass guitar who knows what's next do you actually want to learn how to play drums uh i think that'd be really cool one day i hope i just get really into this like i hope all my free time (laughs) is just spent learning music over the next few months that'd be so cool i hope i commit yeah that would be awesome i come out of this quarantine like releasing albums and stuff recording music (laughs) You have a microphone. Yeah, what's so hard? What's so hard about making an album? This is easy. I have I have really seriously had this thought. I have I have unironically thought it can't be that hard to make a song, right? <laughs> because no, but no, but I don't think it is. I don't think it is either because because like I have so many apps on my computer for music. And it's like I can use an app to tell me if my guitar is in tune. Mm-hmm. I can look up like Okay, if I'm in the key of C, what chords go with that? Okay, just play a few of these together that I think sound good, right? And then record that into a computer, and then just say anything on top of it, <laughs> and you've got a song. It doesn't matter what you say. It, no, it doesn't. It, has, it completely, completely doesn't matter. Complete, the, the lyrical content, forget that, right? Get a drum machine, then it's even better. I could use synthesized drums from the loops in GarageBand. Yeah. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure Firefly or Owl City, whatever his name is, pretty sure he writes with Apple Loops. What's the difference? Why can't I? Is this gonna be a challenge on the show? We each have to make <laughs> a challenge, song, write a song. <laughs> <laughs> have the listeners vote on which is the better one. <laughs> those poor listeners. But then like but then like I listen I listen to those podcasts I listen to about like um, you know some of the best songs ever and like how songs are structured and stuff and i'm like fuck i can never do this like this is no of course these people not. know what they're doing like hey we couldn't write good songs but we could write a song yeah i yeah i could i could write a song that is you know where everything's on beat because i would just play to a metronome <laughs> it would be right. in key because the computer would tell me if it's not i could auto-tune my voice right like it would all be technically correct but it wouldn't be that good <laughs> 
it wouldn't be interesting. <laughs> hey, as long as you did it, as long as you're on Spotify, could you imagine that posting your own song on Spotify and then like posting it on your Instagram story for everyone to see? <laughs> <laughs> Don't we have Loving friends of ours who song. do that? I think I think we know a couple of people who release music, but they seem to take it more seriously than you and I would. <laughs> no, it would be they're, a joke. they're actually making decent music. <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah, we don't know what we're doing. Well, I, you you probably more so than I know what you're Maybe. doing. But look, you can play an instrument in a half, so <laughs> <laughs> instrument in like a tenth at this point. <laughs> I haven't even gotten to like the bottom two strings yet. Wait, so what do you mean? How are you learn? I don't understand. How are you learning? I mean, most most of the stuff I'm learning is just using, like, the top three or four strings so far. Oh, so, like, you're like, oh, I can do an E chord, but a right. D is like, whoa, that's pushing it. No, I, I haven't even gotten a D yet. Oh, my that's God. That's way okay. ahead of me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, I usually, I usually play songs in the key of E minor. Wait, is it E minor or D minor? What is the joke? I have no idea. Which I find to be just the saddest of all keys, really. Just just weep instantly when you hear it. <laughs> we gotta watch that movie again. Spinal I'll Tap? check it out again. Yeah, yeah. It's a good one. Alright, so we've covered it. We've covered iPads. We've covered music. We accidentally covered uh, comic books. Mm-hmm. What's next? Uh, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. Alright. That's what's next. You You have something to say about this, so go ahead. I will sit back. I I mean I I had no idea that this was a thing. Pe- people complain about Nintendo all the time because they <laughs> never seem to like release anything. All of their Nintendo directs are really lame. But today I was scrolling through Reddit and something pretty interesting popped up. And I don't know a ton about it, but they announced this new game called Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity, which is a prequel to Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, which is my favorite game I've ever played, and I know it's one of yours as well. Yeah, it's one of the greatest games of all time. Yes, yes, of course. It's absolutely fantastic. And so I, it's like a six-minute video, so I turn it on, and they're like, yeah, we're still working on uh, Breath of the Wild 2, but in the meantime, this other thing is coming out, and it doesn't look like it's actually being made by Nintendo. Like, I think they're they're working with someone else to make it, but they do have some creative input. But it seems like a pretty fun game, and you get to play as all of the Divine Beast champions, and you get to play as Zelda as well. So I'm excited. I, I just the trailer that came on for it. I got I got goosebumps. My jaw was on the floor. Like oh my god, I forgot how much fun this game is, and seeing all the all the villains and all the characters again was oh it just just brought me so much joy. So I'm I'm really excited for whatever this is going to be. I'm trying to keep my expectations somewhat low since it's not really a nintendo game it's obviously not going to be as good as breath of the wild but i'm excited for it because i think any sort of spinoff could be really good and the story seems like it could be pretty entertaining we already know how the story is going to end they're going to lose because it's a prequel before calamity ganon so i'm interested to see how they tell the story of them losing that fight yeah see this is why i don't understand what what is Hyrule Warriors? I get that it's like a fighting game, because it's because it's um it's Zelda combined with that other that other Warriors game that they make, right? May I, I don't even know what the other game is. Uh, Dynasty Warriors is is the game, and then they just merged it with Zelda, and they called it Hyrule Warriors. And the first one came out on the Wii U, 
I yeah, think, and I, I think it kind of, I think it kind of got mixed reviews. And it's just, and it's like, and that one they were like, this is just like a spinoff. This isn't canon. Has nothing to do with the series. It's just like. It's just a fighting hack. It's just a hack and slash fighting game using Zelda characters. And then this one, I guess it's sort of the same thing. Like it's just like hack and slash fighting, but I guess this one actually has a story to it. Does the other one not have a story? But and and this one is canon and it's a prequel. Like I just feel like I'm very confused about this, and I don't know what it is. I don't know if I should care. I like I like. I don't know. I'm just having a hard time. Being interested, well, I'm, hmm. I'm having a hard time being excited about this because I don't, I don't understand it. Because like it's not, you're right, it's not made by Nintendo. It's it's um, being made by t- uh, Ko- Koei Temco, Ko- Koei Tecmo. Yeah, that sounds right. Koei Tecmo. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Okay, um, and like I don't know, it just it just seems like well, I don't think I'm really interested in like a hack and slash fighting game am i i don't know like Hmm. and i also don't understand why how that type of game has a story to it i don't know i'm just i'm very confused by the whole thing (laughs) yeah i'm not really sure what the where this they're gonna start the story from but i don't know i'm just i'm just excited to play as the divine beast champions like some of the gameplay that they showed for playing as those characters looked really fun yeah, playing a Zelda too, that's going to be great. I, I think it's going to be fun. I don't know if it's going to be anything amazing, but I would, I'm just excited to get back into that world. Just because I, I made a rule that I don't want to play Breath of the Wild again, maybe ever, until <laughs> Breath of the Wild 2 comes out at least. But I would, I, just watching all those videos and how good the graphics are, it's like, oh man, I would love to play that game again right now. So I'm excited. Yeah, no, it's like it looks like Breath of the Wild, like graphically, and like it, it yes. clearly takes place in that world. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just wondering, like, is this like the type of thing that's like, this is this is just we wanted to make another Hyrule Warriors game, uh, you know, just throw in some some little stuff about like how it's a prequel and and release it. Like, I'm I'm wondering, is the story going to really be that big of a deal if it's like mostly a fighting game? Yeah, I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. But I did, I did see people speculating online that they'll probably because I think they said Nintendo is writing like all of the dialogue in the game, which makes me a little bit more confident. I mean, people are saying that they'll probably drop like some hints or some Easter eggs about what Breath of the Wild Two is going to be about or going to be like. I guess what I'm wondering is like, is this is this the type of thing where like I could just go online and watch like you know 20 minutes of cutscenes and get everything i need to out of the story <laughs> probably i mean and like like is the main appeal of the game going to be this is just a fun fighting game it's just fun to play because if that's the main reason people are going to buy it if that's the main appeal of it i kind of don't think i'm that interested like what i'm interested in is like zelda games like like the legend of zelda games and i'm interested in that world but i don't think i'm so interested that I just want to play a fighting game that happens to take place in that world. Hmm. This surprises me, honestly. Why? <laughs> just because that, like, I think based off what I heard about the game is that they do like a ton of cool fighting challenges, and I, I mean the the Master Sword trials in that game were really unique and creative challenges. So if it's anything even close to that, I think it's just going to be fun. 
regardless if the story's any good. I think I'm just going to have a blast playing it and fighting bad guys. Yeah, I mean, if I mean, maybe it'll be. I don't know. I, I just feel like, oh, I'm not super interested in fighting games in general. So mm-hmm. I feel like maybe it'll be a fun fighting game, but does that mean I'm going to enjoy it? Maybe it will be. Maybe it will be super fun. But I don't know. I feel like I feel like I'm not interested just because it happens to. I guess I kind of feel like they just took a fighting game and slapped Zelda, the world of Zelda, onto it. And if that's what it is, then it's like, well, I guess that's kind of cool, but I'm not super in- like. That's what. That's why I want to know. <laughs> yeah, more. I think I'm. I'm fine with that. Is the thing. <laughs> yes. See, I, that's. I feel like I want to know more. Like, I, and and because if it's, if it's just a fighting game with Zelda slapped onto it, I, that doesn't super interest me. Hmm. But if it actually is going to be a, a, I mean, may, maybe it will be. Maybe it will interest me because it'll be a genuinely good and fun fighting game. But that's not me being interested because it's Zelda. That's me being me being interested because it's a fun game. But if it's more than that, if it like really is like yes, it's a fighting game, but it's there's a big story being told here that connects to Breath of the Wild. Then okay, that that might have me more interested. I guess that I just feel like there's a lot of unknowns, and I it it kind of feels like they're just this is just hyping people up using intellectual property. Yeah, which is kind of how I feel about the Avengers video game, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, I th- I think they they said they're gonna release more details later at, at the end of this month, so maybe we'll have some follow up there. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not writing it off. I'm just I just feel like I'm a little confused as to what exactly this is. I'm confused about whether or not this will connect so much to the regular Zelda world that I'm already familiar with. Will it connect enough that I really need to know this or not? And if not, will it be a good enough game where it can stand on its own as just a fun game to play? And if it's not that, then why would I get it? Right. I just, I just feel like there's a lot of unknowns still right now. Yeah, I mean, I think if, I mean, if this is like a $60 game, I don't know if I would get it. It, it is a $60 say. game. They already said that, didn't they? Did they? Oh, I, I didn't see anything about pricing. This is what I mean. It, <laughs> hmm. It doesn't feel like it would be a $60 this game. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, they're they're saying maybe, this is a full-blown game. Maybe I'm a little more pessimistic. <laughs> I just don't know how any game can be priced sixty dollars if it's not Breath of the Wild. You know. Uh, uh, okay, let's not get into video game <laughs> economics <laughs> because yeah, let's not. I don't know that much about it. <laughs> I mean, just for the, the the amount of game that there is in that game, how could how could anything be priced the same? <laughs> I I think I think Breath of the Wild is is underpriced. It <laughs> like. It should be like $500. <laughs> I mean, when people say it, it's worth buying a Switch just to play Breath of the Wild, they are 100% correct. Like, Absolutely. If it if it costs $300 to play Breath of the Wild, I'd be like, yes, that's fine. Like, a, one, $1 for every minute I'll spend in the game. That's fine. For, I'm sorry, for every hour. That's what it is. Yeah, I, I was going to say minutes. <laughs> are you kidding? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see. Um, do we have anything else? Yeah, I think we've got our main mini topic. <laughs> All right. Dugga, dugga, dugga. Let's go. Dig, dug. All right. So I've been reading the Harry Potter books, I think I mentioned on the show a couple times, maybe. And I am so bothered by the sport of Quidditch. This sport <laughs> does not make a ton of sense. Honestly, it sucks. I, I think it's a terrible sport. 
And I want, I, it's just been bothering so much. Like every time she explains the rules in each book, I'm like, this doesn't make sense. This isn't a fun sport. This isn't competitive at all. There's nothing to this. I'm so bothered by it that I want to get all my thoughts out. And I want to, I'm not just going to complain about Quidditch for this entire rant. I've fixed it. Like I, I changed the rules to make it a much better sport because it has the elements of a good sport. The rules just don't make it fun or entertaining to watch. So I've been thinking about this a lot and I can't wait to get it out. And apparently you have some thoughts on this too. More, I thought this was going to be a really one-sided conversation, but I guess you have some stuff to say, some stuff to say as well. No, I, I don't think I have that much to say other than I have also thought about this, but I'm also not knowledgeable enough about sports to know how to critique this properly and so it's always been one of those things where i read the books or i watch the movies and i'm like does does this sport make sense is this is this really is it uh, okay i get i mean what do i know i'm not really a sports guy what what do i know i'll just (laughs) i'll just go with it but it's always been at the back of my mind nagging at me and 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 you are much more into sports than I am, and you know all the, all the rules, and you follow it closer, and you know. So I'm I'm I feel I feel a little bit validated to hearing hearing you, because this was your you proposed that we talk about this. This was this you came to me with this idea, and I was like, oh my god, I'm like I'm not crazy, like I'm not alone in thinking this. Like, <laughs> and the thing is, I think she knows it sucks. <laughs> like, I'll sort of explain why she, when she goes into some of the details in the later books. Like, I think she, who, I Hooch? think she is, <laughs> yeah, her. I, I think she like wrote the rules in the first one, didn't think a ton about it, and then later on realized like, oh, this isn't, this isn't that great of a sport. Like, the rules could be changed and be a lot better. And I figured out why. All right, so, so what what book are you on right now? I'm on the Goblet of Fire. Okay. All right, so you're you're catching up to me. I'm on Order of the Phoenix and have been for like six months. So I got I got to speed up a little bit. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna come ahead of you probably soon. Yeah. You know what? Let me know when you finish Goblet of Fire, and I'll and I'll really pick up the pace on because I because I think what we're trying to go for a little a little behind the scenes here. We want to try to finish reading the books and watching the movies around the same time so that we can talk about it. That's what we're going <laughs> that for, true? right? Sure. Is that not what we're doing? I kind of thought that was an unspoken thing between us. I, I mean, I guess it was a little bit. I, mean, I, I was, I was, I was doing this not for the podcast, but I'm happy to talk about it on the show. Well, I started the same way, but I feel like if we're both doing this, we just, why not? That's true. We need yeah. content, Matt. We do. We do. <laughs> we're running out of stuff. So anyway, all right. So all right, let's begin Matt's critique of Quidditch. All right. This game is so boring. There there are no competitive stakes in this game. So this catching the snitch is 150 points. Scoring the quaffle through one of the goalposts is 10 points. Right. Which is completely lopsided scoring. It's and, ridiculous. And because of this, it makes it so that the only thing that matters at all is catching the snitch. Because the game is over when you do so. And how how many times is there a 150-point gap in this game? Not not often. It has, it has happened a couple of times where 
the team that catches the snitch doesn't actually win, but yeah, it, yeah it's not often. Yeah, yeah, I'll get into that. So like, <laughs> so like, I think I think the sport is fun to watch. It's good entertainment. Like watching people fly around on broomsticks, throwing balls through goalposts. That's going to be fun no matter what. But watching that happen as as an audience member, I would just be like, yeah, this is cool to watch, but you know, none of this really matters because whoever catches the snitch is going to win. They should just have two players out on the field hunting for the snitch and it would be the exact same game. Because like if if both teams are of like equal caliber and but all have the same level of skill, then it's probably going to be pretty close and there isn't going to be a 150 point wide margin to where the you come back down 140 points, catch the snitch and win by 10 points. Like it's it's just probably not going to happen. So that that's the biggest problem is that it's the only thing that matters, catching the snitch. That's a really good point. I hadn't really put it in those terms, but you're right. It, it, this could be a one-on-one game with right, just right. the snitch. Forget about the quaffles. Forget about the bludger. Like, this could, this could be one-on-one. Whoever gets the snitch first wins. Mm-hmm. You're right. It's insane. Because I, I imagine if there was a scorebook of every professional Quidditch game that's ever played, like... 99 98 times out of 100 the team that catches the snitch wins because it's so fucking valuable and it ends the game right (sighs) you're right right. the snitch is very weird all right and so getting back to a point that you sort of touched on is that the seeker with (laughs) why would the seeker catch the snitch if their team is down by 150 points or more oh that's a good point like it just wouldn't make sense. Like what? What if the seeker is flying around and they see like, oh, the snitch is right in front of me. Oh, my team's down 180 points. If I catch this, we're gonna lose. So what? What do I do now? Do I just follow this thing around and hope that my team scores 40 points and then I catch it and then we win? Is that what I do, or do I just let it go? And like it completely takes the seeker out of the equation. They're sort of, it's sort of a bad decision no matter what they do. And th- this happens in Goblet of Fire, where uh, the Irish Qu- Quidditch team is up by like it's like 170 to 10 or something like that, like a really lopsided score. And Victor Crumb catches the snitch, and Harry says, or s- someone says, like, "Oh, why would he do that? He just lost them the game. Now, now uh, Ireland wins because they don't. They were down by more than 150 points." And Harry says. Oh, he wanted he wanted to end the game on his own terms. That's stupid. It, it's so stupid. It's a completely selfish thing to do. Like, yeah, we lost, but at least I ended the game. Like you, all of your teammates would be furious at you if you just let us score two more goals with that fucking quaffle. We could have won. We could have won, and then you catch the snitch. Like it, it's not really good reasoning to ever catch the snitch if in the very rare position you find yourself down by more than 150 points right that's true that's true i mean i guess at that point like the smartest thing to do would be like okay let's just let me just keep as close as i can to the snitch and keep the other team seeker away right that's that's right. the smartest thing you would do you're right that's that's very stupid yeah <laughs> it's, it's so frustrating but yeah, the snitch makes a lot of problems yeah no kidding so i i think those are the main problems with the game and like i mean you you see all my points like why why would anyone watch this like if or may, maybe one way to fix it would be like the seekers the seekers aren't allowed to know what the score is 
<laughs> when they're catching the snitch, like they're completely unaware. So that way, when the snitch is caught, like everyone is caught off guard, and you just have to see what the score is. Then, like maybe that would be one way to fix it. But watching it, watching a typical game of Quidditch would be such a bore. It's almost like two games in one because the idea of get the quaffle through the goal. That's one game. And then there's the game of who can catch the snitch first. Mm-hmm. It's like two games put into one in the weirdest possible way. Because if you imagine just like a one-on-one who can catch the snitch first, that could be interesting. And if yeah. you imagine Quidditch but remove the snitch entirely, now it's just, okay, who can get the quaffles through, through the hoops More, like in a certain time period. Right. That's just a cooler version of soccer. Right. That You're right. That would – yeah, it got it, it. I never thought of it like that, but that's the best way I can think of it now. I'm, this is, that's the way I'm thinking of it now. Is like it's kind of like two different games in in one. All right, so I I fixed it though. I fixed the game. I know how to make it better. Okay, so this is interesting. I don't think I knew. I don't think I knew, or I don't think you realized that I realized that you fixed this. So what are your <laughs> what fi- what are your fixes? What are the changes you would make? Okay, so the game would not end when the snitch is caught. The game would end when a specific score is reached and i i haven't really thought a ton on what that score would be but i'm I'm thinking it'd be around 200 or 300 points or or you could add a time limit but i think scoring limit works better here um and a huge change with the snitch the snitch is no longer worth 150 points because if especially if you have a score limit like 150 points then you only need to score four score five more through the goal and the game's over um I think 50 points, com- like a 5 to 1 ratio makes a lot more sense as far as uh, quitch to quaffle goes. Yeah, that's a good so point. That, that, helps, that helps a lot. And then I think the most fun thing that I've come up with that would really make the game interesting is that once the snitch is caught, now, now it's not ending the game. There's still game left to play. I mean, unless it's, unless it's a high-scoring game and catching the 50 point snitch ends the game and reaches the score limit that could happen but let's let's say you catch the snitch and it's like 60 to 50 so someone goes up 110 to 50 now now that the snitch has been caught both of the seekers they don't have anything to do now they're not they're they're out of the game basically what happens now is they're they the seekers become chasers and so now there's four chasers on each team and you take away the seeker and that would add a whole new dynamic to the game. Once the snitch has already been caught, you, you get to completely change your offensive style of play by having a fourth person there. And like maybe maybe you don't have the the best seeker in the world. And so the snitch usually gets caught by the other team. But once that happens, your four chaser game is much better than their game and you your your seeker is also a really good chaser so once he becomes a chaser it really strengthens your team and you have a huge advantage of them going forward until the score limits reached this is this is fascinating this is such a good idea this is great <laughs> it, it would it would completely change the style of play like adding a right it's like it's it'd be it's like a power play in hockey when a team is down a player or two i don't know what that like, is but yeah yeah, you completely change the way you pass, the way you run plays and stuff like that. And it would it would make it so it's always interesting. Either the snitch would end the game because someone reaches the score limit or it's been caught and now the style of play is completely different until the game is over. Or not, because if no one catches the snitch, 
then it's like you're well, you're stuck with you only stuck with your three original chasers. Like if you you know you can't yeah, you and, the, can't and the score design, limit gets reached either way, right? But you can't design strategy always assuming that you'll have a fourth chaser in the second half or x number mm-hmm. of minutes in or exactly you, know, you would have to kind of always be prepared to only play with three the entire game i'm sorry the entire mm-hmm. match um and then if you add the fourth one in that could that now you'd have to switch strategies where you can put people in different, different positions you're right this that would really be that would be really interesting Oh God! Why didn't you write this book? <laughs> I know, I know. And she she mentions a couple times, like, oh yeah, there have been Quidditch matches that take a week long because no one can find the snitch. Like, God, are you kidding me? Who who would watch this? Well, I remember, <laughs> I remember in uh, Philosopher's Stone, Oliver Wood makes a comment about how the longest Quidditch match ever went on for three months, and they had to yeah, keep bringing yeah, exactly. in substitutes. So the so the players could get some sleep and it's like who who designed this sport like what right i mean like, i mean once, like it's sort of it's sort of funny to read that but then right. you think about it like god right who it's, would a, it's a funny joke but if you think about that seriously i mean in i mean in the real world if you designed a sport where by a quirk of the rules you accidentally had a game that went on for three months like eventually someone would say all right we, we got to change the rules this is ridiculous like yeah yeah I mean, what's the long? I mean, even in real sports, in in our Muggle world, like you know, we we have overtime and things like that. But if you go into too many overtime, you know, eventually they say, "All right, it's just sudden death." Or is that right? Am I do I have that right? I mean, it depend depends on the sport, but like you don't find games going into overtimes that last more than like a couple hours. Like there was recently a right. a five overtime game of hockey recently that was. Oh, really wow. really rare wow. but I mean, most of the, most of the time the game ends in the first 20 minutes in overtime right this yeah th- three months is stupid a week is stupid a, a full yeah. day is stupid yeah who no one wants to watch sports more than two or three hours really <laughs> what do you what do you do, do you rent an apartment to watch a quidditch game for three months <laughs> <laughs> this is my quidditch apartment <laughs> This is this is this is the place I I rent just in case I have a Quidditch match that last three months, right? Um, yeah, this is fascinating. See, this is see. Okay, so are you? Do you have more to say on Quidditch? I I think I hit all my main points here. Okay, because I'm just gonna say like just to kind of broaden the discussion a little bit. I I spend way too much time fantasizing about what a Harry Potter TV series would look like mm-hmm. because this is something that I kind of want to happen and also kind of don't because they'll probably ruin it but like i think the idea of the harry potter world is so interesting i would love to see it like an hbo series you know like one season for each book type of thing Mm -hmm. i would love to see an adaptation but i also think that because of the popularity of the movies it would kind of not be fun to just see the same thing over again and so I kind of spent a lot of time thinking of like, well, what could you change about the Harry Potter universe or about the story or anything just to just to shake it up, just so it doesn't feel like I'm watching the same thing over again or even things that would make it more interesting or more, or more compelling. What's a more interesting way to tell the story, maybe? And I just I just I mean, obviously, I'm not like a screenwriter. I'm like 
I don't have any professional experience with anything like this. I just spend a lot of time thinking about this for some reason because I think it's like I, – I think Harry Potter is an interesting intellectual property because it kind of came about in the time where when you have a popular story, a popular novel, you make it into a movie. And now the thing is like if you have a popular novel, you make it into a TV series. Mm-hmm. And also I I like to think that we as a culture have learned that – Adaptations are better when you don't try to copy exactly what's in the book and you kind of do your own thing with it. I'd like to think we've learned that lesson. Maybe not entirely. But I just I just imagine, like, I would love to see someone else, someone else's spin on the Harry Potter universe. You know, like, at, just as someone who likes good television and someone who is a fan of this world and would like to see a different, a kind of a different story. And, and I just spent a lot of time thinking about what could they change. And you've given me another thing to add to the list of like, they should fit, <laughs> fix Quidditch. Like, right, right. <laughs> It'd be so easy. I've, I've, I've laid it out here for you. If you want, we can talk about this. We can make a deal. I'm, I'm, I'm copywriting these trademarking, whatever I got to do. You should HBO reach out to us, please. <laughs> <laughs> We'd love to talk. My rates are cheap. Here's the question, though. Who would you want to do a Harry Potter series? Like, you got any names? You got any ideas? Because the first Kevin one that comes Feige. to my mind. What's that? Kevin Feige. <laughs> no, that would probably be pretty cool. It probably, it probably would be good, wouldn't it? Probably. But, like, the first thing that comes to my mind is Damon Lindelof. Because he does so much with, you know, I mean, he did The Leftovers, which is Supernatural. Watchmen was superhero. That's like you know sci-fi fantasy, and he also and he does a lot based on like mysteries. And the Harry Potter novels are on some level just mystery novels. Yeah, yeah, especially the first two, especially the, the early ones. So I don't know. I just I kind of I don't know. I think I don't think Lindelof would ever do it. I don't think they'd ever ask him to do it. I don't think this show. Will, I kind of don't think the show will ever get made. And I think if it does, it won't be very good. But. That's just something I spent a lot of time thinking about because I like getting my hopes up and then and then being disappointed. Yeah, I was uh, I was when I was rereading the first couple, I I, I knew you had an interest in like a Harry Potter TV series. I don't I don't know how you could make that first novel into a season long of television. Um, like it would it would have to be like just a few episodes because there there's not enough content there to make even like a 10 episode se- season i don't think you could definitely do it in the later books probably but oh absolutely you, you'd have <laughs> i wouldn't want them to stretch it out just for the sake of it being a television series right but but oh maybe no, we, no. we could dude we could do a whole episode on all of my ideas for how to how to retell the story of harry potter on screen because it's ridiculous. Well, let's let's but, add that to the notes then. But put it put it to the list because this could be a whole discussion. But you but no, you're right. You're on you're on to something where there's not like we've talked about that first book especially there's not a lot of fat on there and it's like and also it's not a very long story. How do you stretch that to 8 or 10 episodes? Yeah, I would just say don't. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's one possible answer. I think Well, and when I I say that, I mean if if you want to do it, make it three to five episodes or something or probably more than three probably at least five i'd guess because if it's three it might as well just be a movie right right but i don't know i think and i'm not saying i have ideas for how to solve that particular problem but um i, I don't know I, I just think 
if you take my my general vague idea of like tell this story in a different way like you know what i mean because the books are written to be books they work well in book form but what works in a book what works in a story in a book is not the same what works in a story on screen and so basically the way i would solve that problem is like tell the story in a different way that still feels like harry potter and but but it's still but it's different enough that even the hardcore fans are like oh i don't see i don't know exactly what the, what they're doing i don't totally see where this is going mm-hmm. and if you if you take some of the basic ideas of the story and just tell it in a new different way you could tell a, a slightly different story that does stretch out you know for eight episodes that that could be i'm not saying i, I know how to solve that but I don't know. I'm just I'm just a fan of taking stories and changing them when you put them in a different medium because I think that's the only way to do it right. I mean, people talk about like, oh, if we're gonna if you're gonna do an adaptation of something, you should do justice to the original. And I think people think that that means copy it exactly, but I don't. I think it means make it feel like the way the original feels. Do by whatever means necessary. Just give me the same feelings. And that might mean changing things because the thing that makes you feel that way when you're reading it is not going to be the same thing that makes you feel a certain way when you're watching it. It's just two different things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you can you can definitely see where they do that right and do that wrong in the first few movies. Where do they do that right and wrong in the first few movies? <laughs> or do you want? <laughs> well, do, they, should we hold this conversation? Is that what you're saying? Uh, I mean, maybe maybe we should, but I mean, it's it's just very obvious that they started. I mean, we talked about this last episode. They start changing stuff and cutting stuff and rearranging things when they get to the third movie, whereas the first two are pretty much copy and pasting each chapter. Right. Yeah, that's right. We did talk about this last time. Yeah, and I think the first two movies suffer because of that. But, And I think the movies do get better after the third one. Yeah, okay. I, yeah, I remember this conversation. Sorry, it was like an eternity ago. <laughs> I know. And also that conversation was 16 hours long. <laughs> yeah, it's easy to forget something. It's <laughs> It's easy to forget every detail of our 19-hour conversation about Marvel movies. Yeah, about an 11-year franchise. <laughs> it's easy to forget that in our conversation about the Marvel movies, we also had a whole discussion of Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, that's somehow nestled in there. Somehow. I think I think we uh, solved it, though. Yeah, yeah. It's a better sport now. I'm glad, I'm glad we uh, took the time to solve Quidditch. I think that was really what the world needed. You have no idea how happy I am to get these thoughts out there. 